Let's all stand in the house. Come on, is he a good God? He is worthy of praise. He is high and lifted up, seated upon the throne. Beside him there is no other. Come on, has he been good to you? Has he been faithful? Has he delivered you? I'm thankful this morning that I serve a righteous and a holy God. I'm thankful. I am so thankful to be in the house of God this morning. There's a peace in this house. There's a peace in this house. I am so thankful to be here among you this Sunday morning. I give honor to my pastor. I'm so thankful for a shepherd. Now I'm telling you, yes, it's a lot easier to preach when he's here because I know there's a safety and security. If I step out of line in any way, he'll thump me over the head with a book. But uh, I stand in confidence today that there's enough white-haired saints that if I step out of line in any way, I will be corrected. I have safety and security in that. Anyways, my grandpa has been telling me that he wants to put my nose on the backside of my head for years, so I'm not going to give him the opportunity to do so. Praise the Lord. I give honor to my family, my grandparents, and my grandma is here. She surprised me. She showed up to hear me preach. I'm so thankful for my family. Allowed me to raise me up in truth. I give honor to the Marks this morning. I am so thankful for people of God that have made such an impression on me. And I know I'm taking my time to give honor, but it's the right thing to do. I want to give honor to Cornerstone for cultivating an environment for young people to grow up, to learn to serve God. There's love in this house. I'm thankful for the saints of God. I also give honor to my beautiful wife. I am so very thankful for her. She's a praying woman. She helps me so much more than she even knows. And I want to give honor as well to the young people. I love these young people so much. I love these young people so much. They have helped me grow. They've encouraged me to grow. And God's doing a work in their lives. I believe that. I believe that. If you have your Bibles, turn to Luke chapter 17, verse 11 through 19. I promise I will not preach long. I'm going to do exactly what God has instructed me to do. And I'm going to repeat back his words he has spoken to me and then step out of the way. That way God can work in this altar today to God be the glory. He will get the glory today. I really believe God is going to do a work in us today. How many believe in healing? I believe in the healing power of God. It is not dead. It is still alive. And I believe today, and I claim in the authority of the name of Jesus, healing is going to take place in this house today. I believe that. If you believe that, clap your hands. Luke chapter 17, verse 11 through 19. This is talking about the ten lepers. And the Bible says, And it came to pass as he went to Jerusalem that he passed through the midst of Samaria in Galilee. And as he entered into a certain village, there met him ten men 
that were lepers which stood afar off. And they lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. And when he saw them, he said, go unto them, go show yourselves unto the priest. And it came to pass as they went and they were cleansed. And one of them, one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back and with a loud voice glorified God and fell down on his face at fell down on his face at his feet giving him thanks and he was a samaritan and Jesus answering said were there not 10 cleansed but where are the 9 there are not found that return to give glory to God save this stranger and he said unto him arise go thy way Thy faith has made thee whole. And I want to preach to you today about be made whole. Be made whole. Put down your Bibles. Let's begin to pray. Heavenly Father, I ask for your presence to be in this house right now. I pray, Lord, for a releasing of faith. I pray for the miraculous to be in this house. I pray, Lord, that you touch my lips, God, that I will only speak your words, Lord, as you have given them to me. I pray you anoint my mind that I speak with boldness in the Holy Ghost. I pray for healing to take place in these altars today. I pray someone be made whole in their spirit. I pray for freedom and liberty in the Holy Ghost. If you believe that, clap your hands unto the Almighty God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. You are worthy. You will get my praise. You are high and lifted up. I will exalt the name of the Lord forever. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. You may be seated. Leprosy is a chronic and constitutional disease. In all probability caused by the introduction into the system of a specific germ and infecting chiefly the skin and the nervous system, there are two forms. The tubercular or nodular form and the anesthetic or nervous. These two varieties are frequently associated. The tubular form is characterized by the occurrence of dark brown nodules upon the skin, particularly that of the face. These may persist, disappear spontaneously, or break down and discharge. In an advanced case, the face is covered with a firm, livid, nodular elevations between, which are evident deep furrows corresponding to the natural lines of the face. This is particularly marked upon the forehead and gives to the patient the so-called leonine expression. The noses, the lips, and the ears are swollen beyond their natural size. The eyes are staring, the eyebrows and eyelashes lost, the whole producing a hideous picture of deformity. The breath is putrid and the voice hoarse. In the anesthetic form of leprosy, the first, the manifestation upon the skin, is frequently an outbreak of large blisters which rupture and leave the whitest scars. Or there may appear spots of bluish red or reddish brown color later becoming yellow. 
Occasionally, white spots much wider than the rest of the skin occur. There is, in the beginning, increased sensibility all over these spots. Later, however, the sensation becomes impaired and finally lost so that the prick of of a pen is no longer felt. The patient suffers much more from terrible shooting pain along the nerves. As the disease progresses, the limbs become paralyzed and the muscles waste and the skin becomes harsh and dry. The patient loses strength and becomes bedridden and the ulceration or the gangrene may occur involving the fingers and the toes or even the hands and the feet. These members rot off, leaving discharging mutilated stumps. The patient, weakened by the ravages of this disease, falls easy to prey to incurrent infections. Now the horror of this disease goes far beyond the physical mutations, the afflictions that it poses upon an individual. But the disease progression is a long, drown-out process. The average life expectancy of a leper during the time of Jesus was around 5 to 14 years. A patient diagnosed with leprosy would experience years of pain, agony, and debilitation. This disease, although highly contractable and infectious, is slow moving and involves an excruciatingly slow mortality process. A patient diagnosed with leprosy would watch for years as the progression of the disease, as their skin began to rot and their facial features began to be mutated and as the nerve endings began to die, the slow process of disablement would begin to transpire as the fingers and the toes began to be prone to infection and decay. During the Middle Ages, this disease was labeled as the death before death. With no cure, leprosy was a life sentence to a slow and painful prolonged death. In the Old Testament, leprosy was regarded as the physical representation of sin. The correlation of leprosy and sin are synonymous. Just as the effects of leprosy began to work through the disease process, began to distort and rot the body, sin has the same effect on the, not only on the physical man, but the spiritual man. Romans chapter 6 verse 23 says, For the wages of sin is death. Sin is slow moving, debilitating disease. If it is not dealt with, it will slowly begin to rot your mind. It will infect your spirit. It will make you numb to the things of God. Sin is a stench in the nostrils of God. Sin corrupts the body, soul, and mind. Sin will leave you debilitated and afflicted. Sin will destroy you. If sin is not dealt with, the disease process of sin is slow, painful, and will completely consume the body. Just as leprosy can be felt, sin can also be felt. The effects will sin of sin will cause open wounds to be exposed. Sin will cause your bones and your muscles to ache. Sin causes a dull, aching numbness to come over one's spirit. Sin stupefies an individual, leaving one with a numb conscience. Just as leprosy has an odor, sin has an odor. Sin decays the body, it rots the flesh of an individual, leaving them smelling putrid. 
accustomed to their own aroma. The sinner may not even recognize their own stench, but God does. Just as leprosy can be heard, this disease attacks the vocal cords, causing one to have a raspy or harsh voice. Sin will do the same thing. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. Sin has a nasty tone to it. It doesn't sound right in the ears of the hearer. It is often harsh, vile, and disturbing. But can I tell you today, there is a cure for sin. Can I tell you today, there is a physician that sits upon the throne. And there is only one that can treat the effects and the demise of sin. Titus 2 chapter 13, chapter 2 verse 13 says, Looking for the blessed hope and the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us that he might redeem us from all iniquity and purify unto himself a peculiar people, zealous of good works. Romans chapter 3 verse 23 says, For all have sinned and have come short to the glory of God. Second Chronicles chapter 7 verse 14 says, If my people which are called by my name shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and I will heal their land. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 verse 21 says, For he hath made him to be sin for us, for he knew no sin, that we might be made righteousness of God in him. 1 Peter chapter 2 verse 24 says, Who his own self bear our sins in his body on the tree, that being dead to sin shall live unto righteousness, by whose stripes ye are healed. 1 John chapter 1 verse 7 says, But if we walk in the light, and he is the light, we shall have fellowship with the one and another. In the blood of Jesus Christ the Son cleans us all from our sin. Can I tell you? There is only one name that can take away our sin. There is only one name that can save us from death. There is only one name that can save. Acts chapter 4 verse 12 says, Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is no other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. I just want to say that the name of Jesus is the only thing that can save you. The name of Jesus is the only thing that can bring you out of the pit. The name of Jesus is the only thing that that will rescue your soul. And I come here to declare God is willing and God is able to do it. If you believe that, clap your hands. If you believe that in the name of Jesus, there is power in the name of Jesus. There's power in the name. The horror of this disease of leprosy is that it affects more than the physical body. Physicians speculate that this is one of the most debilitating of diseases. Not because of its effects on the body, but because of the effects of one, one's mind. Because there was no cure for leprosy during the time of Jesus, those diagnosed with this incurable disease were isolated and segregated from society. The implementation of leper colonies were enforced to keep the rest of the population safe. The book of Leviticus accounts specific rules, laws, 
and procedures for lepers. They were an outcast to society. Lepers were labeled as unclean. If a leper was to come within a hundred paces of another individual, they were to shout, unclean, unclean, to warn a passerby of their condition. Lepers were stricken with this disease, were viewed as sinners, and for the punishment of their sin, it was believed that God struck them with leprosy as a punishment for their sins. Lepers were separated from their families, loved ones, and lived a completely segregated, isolated life. Many medical practitioners speculate that the shame and the guilt and low self-esteem of a leper experienced was just as debilitating as their actual physical condition. Their body in appearance was mutilated and they were segregated, shamed by others. They were seen as the scum of society. Their physical condition was viewed as rightful punishment from God for whatever sin they had committed. A leper, a leper lived in the constant shadow of shame and guilt. They lived in a oppressed state, isolated and surrounded by the other rotting bodies of the other lepers. With no hopes for a cure, and only surrounded by the rotten bodies of the other lepers. And with no aid or relief to pain, a leper's only hope was a quick death. Only death could ease the pain. Only death could put an end to their inevitable suffering. Studies show us that a common cause of death among lepers was not just the effects of the disease progression, not the effects of organ failure, not the effects of becoming necrotic and dying from infection, but a common cause of death among lepers was suicide. The mind of a leopard was so debilitated, so oppressed, so filled with shame that they could no longer live with the guilt or the oppression that was associated with this disease. With no hopes for a cure, with no hopes for deliverance, it was, a common, it was common for a leper to take his own life and put an end to the pain and shame. This is why across this world, 700,000 people in the year 2021 committed suicide. Suicide is the leading cause of death for individuals 15 to 24. It is reported that every 11 minutes, someone contemplates suicide or completes suicide. It is estimated that for every youth that dies from suicide, it is estimated that 100 to 200 attempts were made. It is estimated that 37 million Americans take medications to treat or diagnose depression and anxiety. Children are be being prescribed antidepressants and SSRIs at the age of eight years old. Since this year, 2000, since the year 2020, suicide rates have increased across all demographics and age groups, especially in the elderly and the preteen. Can I tell you, sin has got a hold of the mind of this world. Doctors do not have the cure. They prescribe medications and implement counseling and psychotherapy 
And I, I've come to tell you, that's nothing more than a Band-Aid to the root of the problem. And unfortunately, this same spirit, this same spirit has crept its way into the church. Unfortunately, this same condition has enervated its, its way into the body of Christ. Do not be naive like Naaman. The Bible says in 2 Kings chapter 5, says, Now Naaman, the captain of the host of the king of Syria, was a great man with his master and honorable, because by him the Lord had given deliverance unto Syria. He was also a mighty man in valor, but he was a leper. He was a captain. He was a great man. He was honorable. He was a mighty man of valor, but he was still a leper. You can still be a good saint. You can still operate as a Christian man. You can still be good in the eyes of your pastor. But the works and the effects of leprosy can still be in your life. Name it and recognize, hey, I'm a captain. I'm a great man with my master. I'm an honorable man. I'm a mighty man of valor. But the Bible says he was also a leper. Naaman was so complacent in his title and status that he wasn't concerned about his own spiritual condition. He was a leper. Naaman didn't seek out healing for himself. The Bible says that the maid of Naaman's wife was the one who said, I know of a prophet in Samaria that can, can recover Naaman's leprosy. And so God has sent me here today to shake you and stir you. It is not the will of God to live in the shadow and the effects of leprosy. It is not the will of God for you to be depressed. It is not the will of God for you to live in shame. It is not the will of God for you to live in guilt. It is not the will of God for that you have to take medication just to feel normal. I've come to preach deliverance today. God wants to make you whole in your spirit. He wants to make the church, the body, whole. It is not the will of God for you to feel oppressed and live in depression. God wants you to flush those pills down the toilet today. I serve a God that is able and willing to deliver. I, I know it. His word says it. If his word said I can be made whole, he can make me whole. I believe it. Anybody believe that today? Come on. Anybody believe that today? I believe in healing today. God is going to heal some spirits. God is going to heal somebody's mind. I believe that. It is not the will of God for you to live in guilt. It is the will of God for you to be made whole. That is the will of God. The problem is we have let ourselves believe the lie 
that God cannot touch shame. God, we have led, led ourselves to believe that God, God can't touch guilt. He can't touch failure. We believe the lie of the enemy. We do serve a God that can touch shame. We do serve a God that can deliver fully. We have enough faith to believe God can deliver us of cancer, but we don't have enough faith to believe God deliver us out of depression. Shame on us. Shame on us. It's the same God that created the heavens and the earth and formed man out of the dust of the ground. He created the earth in six days. He can deliver you from oppression and depression. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. You are a child of the most high God. I rebuke that lie in the name of Jesus. I feel like God has put a sword in my hand. I've come to cut the head off of this devil. I feel boldness in the Holy Ghost. Devil, you will no longer let this body feel shame. I see it in my spirit. Some of you have come in here in your spirit, in your flesh you're made whole, but in your spirit you're missing body parts. And you're rotten in your spirit. And you come in here crippled in your spirit. That is not the will of God. That is not the will of God. That is not the will of God. Depression, I cast you out in the name of Jesus. Fear and anxiety, I cast you out in the name of Jesus. You can no longer have a place in this house. We've put up with it long enough. It is not the will of God. We believe this lie that God cannot touch these personal things. In Luke chapter 5, verse 12 through verse 13 says, And it came to pass when he was in a certain city, and behold, a man full of leprosy, who seeing Jesus fell on his face and besought him, saying, Lord, if thou wilt, thou canst make me clean. And what Jesus did, and he put forth his hand, and he touched him, saying, I will be thou clean. And immediately the leprosy departed from him. He put forth his hand. Lord, don't you see I'm a leper? Lord, don't you see that you have to stay away a hundred paces from me? Lord, don't you see you cannot get close to me? Lord, don't you see if you touch me, you will be infected. The problem is, is the shame. It, it, it feels like so much guilt and it's, it's dirty. And we, we see that it's rotten. And the problem is that we don't allow God to get close enough to touch us. He wants to heal us. He said, I will. He wants to make us whole. Do not believe the lie of the enemy that shame, depression, oppression, guilt, failure, lack of self-worth, God cannot touch. 
He can. He can. And he is so willing. He is so willing. Jesus. The reason why, Brother Oswald, why that hospital is filled to the gills, that psychiatric hospital, is because the world does not have a cure for depression and anxiety. The world doesn't have a cure to fill the the God-shaped void in their heart. I've worked in the medical field. I've seen hundreds, thousands of people. That, That ER was filled with people that are depressed, sick in their mind, torn in their spirit. This world does not have the answer. Medication is just a Band-Aid. Only the name of Jesus can deliver. Only the name of Jesus can deliver. You know what? The church has a great opportunity. The church has a great opportunity. Hundreds of thousands of people, millions of people are diagnosed with depression. And they cannot find the cure. But the church, the church has the cure. I believe, I believe revival, revival among the brokenhearted. I believe there's going to be revival among the poor in spirit. I believe there's going to be revival among the contrite spirit. He is willing. And so in our text here, Luke chapter 17, we see these ten lepers. And these ten lepers, they... They stood afar off. God, I got, I, I'm going to keep my distance. And unfortunately, we pray too many prayers where it's a distant prayer. God, I want deliverance, but don't get too close. And so we see these ten lepers. And as they cry out to God, have mercy upon me. And Jesus says, go show yourself to the priest. A leper, for them to be reintroduced back into society, they had to show themselves to the priest and get a certificate of approval of cleanliness. And so in obedience, these ten lepers, they make their journey to the priest. And as they depart from Jesus, they are not made whole instantly. But as they begin to walk in obedience... And as they begin to walk in faith, and as they begin to walk desperate for deliverance, there's no doctor that can heal them. Their, their spirit has been torn. Their spirit has been decayed. As they walk to the priest, the Bible says that one of them noticed, I'm healed. On the way to the priest. And the Bible says that one leper returned. And he turned back to Jesus, the author and the finisher of his miracle, the author and the finisher of his healing. And he turned back and he gave God. With a loud voice, he glorified God. And he fell on his face and gave him thanks. And Jesus said, were there not ten lepers that were cleansed? Where are the other nine? You see, 
The other nine experienced cleansing. The other nine, they experienced healing. But only one returned to give glory to God. And because he returned to give glory and praise to God, he received something that the other nine did not. He received cleansing, yes. He received healing in his body, but he also received something greater. He received wholeness. Wholeness. Now the other lepers, uh, yeah, they got cleansed. And the other lepers, yeah, they were healed in their body and they were reintroduced back into society. But I can tell you that their mind was never the same. They still lived with the title, I'm a leper. They still lived underneath the title of I've got depression. And I will never, I, I, I've come to tell somebody, God will deliver you from depression. I believe that. I am tired of hearing that nasty voice of the devil saying that you cannot be delivered. I'm a testimony today of deliverance. I'm a test. I stand today. I feel so much boldness. I am tired of dealing with this in the church. He wants to make the body whole. He wants to make the body whole. Yes, Jesus. Can we glorify him? Can we speak it in faith? God, let faith come in this house. Let it be among your people. I can relate to this one leper. Brother Seymour, I can relate to this one leper. I know what it's like to feel the cleansing blood of Jesus Christ. I know what it's like to, to weep in this altar and feel the blood wash over my sins. And I know what it's like to feel forgiveness and purity in a righteous mind. And I know what it's like to have healing in my body. When I was 17, I got sick with pneumonia. And I ended up in the hospital for over seven days. I had to be on continuous oxygen. I was bedridden. I had lost 20 pounds as a 17-year-old. I could not breathe. My oxygen was dipping below 90% constantly every time I would sit up. One of my lungs had collapsed. And God had sent a couple to that hospital room. And they prayed for me. And two days later, I walked out of that hospital room. And the doctor said I would have pneumonia. The doctors gave me prescription for an inhaler. Can I tell you today, I ain't got no pneumonia. When he heals, there's a wholeness to it. <laughs> when he heals, he's like, you know what? I'm going to give you a set of fresh lungs. When God has a work in your way in your life, he heals fully and completely. We do not serve a God of halfway miracles. We do not serve a God of halfway healing. Fullness. Fullness. He didn't recover sight to the blind in one eye, Brother Marks. Both of the eyes. He made them whole. Whole. And so I know what it's like to experience healing in my body. I know what it's like to feel the cleansing blood of Jesus. But I, can I tell you today, I also know what it's like to feel whole. My body, mind, soul, and spirit.
as a young man, I dealt with what we're preaching about here this morning. I know what it's like to feel oppressed, depressed. I went through a season in my life where it was dark, bleak. I felt a heaviness to where I felt felt my physical body succumb and, and, and burdened by the pressure and burdened. I had let shame the effects of sin. Yes, God had cleansed me, but the shame was there and had crippled me in my spirit. And I would cry out to God, how could you use a broken, messed up young man like me? How can you use somebody with shame and guilt? How, how, how can you restore when I am so broken in spirit? Can I tell you, brokenness is a blessing. Brokenness is a blessing. Yes, God healed me in my body. Yes, I felt the cleansing blood of the Lamb. But I tell you, the greatest miracle I've ever experienced in my life is when I got to a state of brokenness and where I felt the pressure and the oppression. I felt depression in my mind, and I felt shame and guilt, and I felt failure, and I felt shame, and I I felt a lack of self-worth, and I felt anxiety in my spirit, and it was weighing me down, but I believe God gives us those things to create a posture, and as just as those lepers, as they were hungry and hurting for a miracle, they were desperate, those two lepers. They let their brokenness get them to a place where they fell before the feet of Jesus. And they fell before the feet of Jesus. And they began to worship him. To begin to worship the most high God. And I'm telling you, that brokenness is a blessing. Brokenness opens the door to wholeness. If we can just get back to our face and get back to the feet of Jesus, if we can get back to the throne, if we can get back to the place of prayer, I believe he gives us trials and afflictions in our life just to get them back, to get us back to a place, the posture before the throne. Matthew chapter 10, verse 8 says, Heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out devils. Freely ye have received, freely give. I have received cleansing. I have received healing in my body, and I have received wholeness. And I have such a burden for this church to see every single one of you whole in your spirit. He's freely given it to me, and I come here with such a burden for these young people. I come for such a burden. I feel, I feel in the spirit. Shame is ruining somebody's marriage. 
Shame is ruining somebody's marriage. Let God forgive you. Let God cleanse you. Let God make you whole. And arise. I believe that. God wants to restore a marriage today. God wants to restore a marriage today. I believe that. God is in, in the business of restoration. He is still the great physician. I believe that. Musicians, if you make your way. Brokenness is a blessing. Psalms chapter 34, verse 18 says, The Lord is nigh unto them that are of a broken heart, and saveth such as be of a contrite spirit. Contrite, that word contrite literally means crushed into a powder. Matthew chapter 5, verse 3 says, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed. Broken and blessed. Contrite heart and blessed. A poor spirit is a blessing. God's got you right where he needs you. You get back into a posture right before the feet of Jesus, you will be so blessed. He will get the glory. It will be him that, you know what? He was the one that delivered me. What medication could not do, he did. What counseling could not do, he did. What therapy could not do, my mighty God did. And it is a testimony. Blessed are the poor in spirits. Brokenness is, opens the door to wholeness. God is trying to get a people back to the feet of God, back to a posture of worship, back to a posture of prayer. When the prophet, prophet Nathan exposes David's sin as an adulterer and a murderer, David said, I have sinned against the Lord. Nathan said to David, because you have sinned, there has to be blood to cover the sin. And David, your child that you conceived with Bathsheba will die. And the Bible says that the Lord struck the child and he was very sick. And the Bible says that David sought God for the child and David fasted and laid all night upon the earth. We find the earnesty of David's repentance in Psalms chapter 51. Have mercy upon me, O God, according to thy loving kindness, according unto the multitude of thy tender mercies, blot out my transgressions. Wash me thoroughly from mine iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. For I acknowledge my transgressions and my sin is ever before thee. Against thee only have I sinned and done this evil in thy sight, that thou mightest be justified when thou speakest and clear to those thou judgest. Behold, I was shapen in iniquity, and in 
and sinned in my mother's womb conceiving. Behold, thou desirest truth in the inward parts and has hidden part. Thou shalt make me known to know wisdom. Purge me with hyssop and I shall be clean. Wash me and I shall be whiter than snow. Make me to hear joy and gladness that the bones which thou hast broken may rejoice. Hide thy face from my sins and blot out all of my iniquities. Create in me a clean heart, O God. And renew in me a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from thy presence and take not thy Holy Spirit from me. David recognized that he had sinned. But what David did is he found a place of repentance. Unlike David, Saul recognized that he had sinned. But he never found a place of repentance. And because Saul never found a place of repentance with God, he sought to find relief from guilt and shame elsewhere and sought out a familiar spirit. And the shame and the guilt of failure and a lack of, of a walk with God and a lack of repentance caused Saul to take his own life and fall upon his sword. But David, but David found a posture of repentance at the feet of Jesus. And the Bible says, days, seven days after the child had died, David perceived that the child had died and was dead. And the Bible says, then David arose from the earth and washed and anointed himself and changed his apparel and came into the house of the Lord and worshiped. Once David found a place of washing, repentance, and deliverance, he didn't stay down. He didn't stay depressed and oppressed. He arose from the earth and washed himself and anointed himself and changed his apparel. And he went into the house of the Lord and worshiped. Just as the leper, when you feel God come and cleanse you, do not stay down. Don't stay oppressed. Don't listen to the lie of the devil that God has not cleansed you, redeemed you, and restored you. He has healed you. He has delivered you. But when you feel the washing blood of Jesus arise in worship, can we all stand upon the house? God is going to deliver people today, make them whole in spirit to do one thing. At the end of Psalms chapter 51, verse 13, David said, Then I, then I, teach transgressors thy ways, and sinners shall be converted unto thee. Child of God, when you come in this altar and you lay before this altar and you find a posture of repentance and when you come and you feel the washing blood of Jesus begin to restore your mind and deliver you and sanctify you, do not stay down. 
but arise and begin to worship God for he is worthy. Anybody believe that today? Anybody want to experience wholeness today? God is going to use your wholeness as a testimony. God is going to use your wholeness as a witness. I believe that. Not only, I believe this, I believe this with all faith. When we come down to this altar here today and we begin to seek God for wholeness, I would not be surprised if someone did not get a physical healing in their body. I believe that. Seek wholeness in your spirit. Can we come to this altar? Can we find a posture of worship, a a posture, God, of deliverance? God, sanctify me. Purify my mind. Cleanse me. Thank you for a broken and contrite heart. Thank you, Lord, for a pure spirit. And when you feel the blood of the Lamb, when you feel the washing, the cleansing blood of Jesus, I want you to arise and begin to worship the Almighty God. He will fill you with the Holy Ghost. He's going to renew somebody in the Holy Ghost. I believe that in the name of Jesus. deliverance in this house. God is going to deliver somebody from depression today. 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 God is going to deliver somebody from suicide today. God is going to purify somebody from shame and guilt that has been destroying your life today. God is going to wash and renew somebody's mind today. Today. 